Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it's a blessing to be here. Um, I'll pray over the offering really fast, and then we'll um, see what the Lord has to say today. Um, Father, we thank you for this moment, this opportunity to give back into the kingdom of God. We understand that um, everything that we have has been sustained by you. And so even what we give, God, ultimately it all belongs to you. So we thank you for this opportunity to um, give um, and sow it back into your kingdom. Um, pray that, that we would not only give with our money, but we would give with our lives. And so those who have given, help us to um, continue to um, just give everything that we have towards your kingdom. And um, watch over those who are here and just dedicated to serving you. Ask now all these things in your son Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Uh, you all, um, so bear with me. I um, I told Reagan, I said, you know, I've never written a full sermon before, so we're, we're just going to see how this goes. Um, I said, you know, we're supposed to have, you know, some type of training or something. He says, um, now you, we're just going to go through the fire. <laughs> so, um, so <laughs> but nevertheless, I am excited um, to um, speak the word of God. I pray today that it not be me speaking that um that um whatever the Lord has to say that um I would just be a willing vessel. Um you know when you when you travel, I don't know if you guys you no, know, you clearly you guys travel. Um, you know, you go to the hotel, I don't know if you guys like swimming, um, but you've got three options, right? When you go to the pool, you know, you're gonna you're probably going to test the pool to see if it's cold, right? You'll just kinda put your feet, you'll put your feet in the water, and you'll try to see if it's cold. Um, the second option you have is to, you know, you, you find out that it's cold, right? And then you just kind of start walking down the steps. You're going to take your time because, it's, it's, you know, you got, your body has to warm up to, the, to it being cold, right? But the third option, in, third option is you can just jump in, <laughs> right? You can kind of just jump in and say, hey, I'm just going to I'm just going to jump in. I'm going to get over my fear, whatever it feels like. You know, my body, we're, we're just going to adjust. Um, and so I know often, you know, when preachers are preaching, um, they just have these just wonderful stories all eloquently laid out. Um, but today I'm just going to jump in. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, we find um, we're in Galatians um, chapter two. Um, if you have your Bibles. Um, verses 1 through, um, we're going to go 1 through 13. Um, so we've been going through um, the book of Galatians, and we know that um, the author of this book is Paul. Um, Paul is speaking to the Christians in Galatians. Um, he has been preaching the gospel of salvation um, through the work of Jesus Christ, um, this is a grace that has been given freely to us, it, right? It is not any work that we do on our own, but Christ has done the work for us, right? In preaching that gospel, um, Paul has been facing opposition. As soon as he would plant churches, um, he would preach the gospel. And then there was this group of people called the Judaizers. Um, they were part of the circumcision party. They believed that in order to inherit salvation, that you not only had to um, just accept Jesus, but you had to be a Jew 
and you had to be circumcised. Therefore, um, therefore, you had to keep the laws of Moses, right? And so um, they all, they believed that the good news um, of salvation was the world through Israel's covenant promises fulfilled. So then they believed in order to be saved, that you had to be circumcised, that you had to follow all of these rules, all of these regulations, that you have to follow all of these traditions. But Paul is arguing fervently against that, saying that all of the, all of the works that you do cannot total to salvation, but that Jesus Christ has washed away all of our sins. He's taken away all of the sins of the whole world. And all we need to do is have faith in Jesus Christ in order for our position um, of eternal salvation to be secured. And so Paul has to deal with this. I, growing up, my mom, um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys, you know, have those moms where, you know, you just want to put your kids in everything. Like you just, you know, you're going to try this, try this. Raquel does it with Ramon, you know, but <laughs> try this, try this, try this. But um, my mom, she would, uh, she put me in what was called the 4-H club, right? The 4-H club was this gardening club where you kind of learn how to build gardens and plant seeds. I had to make tomatoes. I can fry green tomatoes. I can do all that. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not going to show y'all because, you know, I, I don't know if they're good. I can fry them, though. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I can fry. You, can, you, you learn how to do all that. Um, but within that garden, that garden has to be maintained. You learn that it has to be maintained, right? And so what happens is the ground and the foundation is laid, right, before you plant anything in it, right? And so um, what we see here is that as you, as you plant before you plant anything and that ground is laid, what happens is um, you have to continue to maintain it because weeds start to grow up if you don't. And what can happen is the weeds can choke out what you, what you put into it. And so in this church, what we're seeing is that there are different type of gospels gr growing and trying to choke out the truth of the word, making it hard to see that people are not saved by all of these works, regulations, and tra man-made traditions. And so Paul has to work against all of these different alternative truths. They're not the truth, right? They cannot supplement for the work that Christ has already done in your life. And so Paul is working against this. And we'll see what he has to say in um, Galatians 2. Um, then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas. Now, that's one of um, Paul's missionary friends. Um, we find in Acts that um, he went on a journey with them. And when, called, when Paul, Paul was anointed um, to preach the gospel, Paul, um, Barnabas became a close companion to the Gentiles, having taken along Titus also. And I went according to Revelation and I declared to them the good news that I preach among the Gentiles. But privately to those who were of repute, lest somehow... I might be running or ran in vain, but not even Titus. You can keep going. We'll stop around the third verse with me being a Greek was compelled to be circumcised. So what we see here is that um, Paul says that after 14 years um, later, that's significant simply because um, this is 14 years since Paul's conversion. He's only been to Jerusalem twice. Um, Paul mentions in Galatians, I believe, around the first chapter and 12th verse, 
he mentions that um, he had not received the revelation of Jesus Christ from any man, any human origin. Um, he was not taught it. So this means that he was not going back into back and forth to Jerusalem where the Jerusalem council was. He was not seeking he was not seeking additional wisdom. There was nobody mentoring him. He was working all of these works according to the grace that God had given him. And so this is important. Um, and then the Galatians and then he what he what we see here is that I, so what we see is that um, Paul. He received revelation, and this revelation that he went to, um, particularly this time, was a revelation that he received regarding, um, theologians say that this was regarding a, a famine, but what ended up happening was, and at this time, he took the opportunity, he took the opportunity to present the gospel of Jesus Christ, which he preached unto the Gentiles, to the elders that were in the Jerusalem council, and to Peter, James, and Paul. And so we see here that um, although um, Paul's original intent was not to make his presentation, right, he believed already that um, Jesus Christ had given them this gospel. But um, in Acts, we, in Acts chapter 15, um, there were different groups, right? There were groups in Jerusalem of the circumcision party, and there were groups of Gentile Christians there. And so there were arguments being made that um, in order for those Gentile Christians to be saved, that they had to be circumcised, right? And that they had to um, adopt the law of Moses all over again. And so... Um, what we see here is that Paul, Paul pulls some leaders aside privately. Um, verse 3, verse 2 says, and lest by any means, he says, I should run and had run in vain. Now, we understand um, from, from Galatians chapter 1, verse 12, that he doesn't necessarily believe that the work that he's doing is in vain, Right? And so we've got to explain that a little bit simply because, um, like I said, he had already believed that the revelation was given to him by Jesus Christ. Now, that's important simply because if he's been preaching for 14 years, it's, it's, it's probably odd that he would not have sought validation already. It's been 14 years. So you've been preaching for 14 years and you had not sought the Jerusalem council or these other leaders to see if, you're, if what you're preaching is the truth, right? And so, um, so claims has been made that what he is trying to say is that in order for there to be no division within the gospel, um, that everybody has been preaching the same gospel and they are all in one accord because of the false claims that have been being made. And another thing is that if if Titus, who was a Gentile convert, um, if Titus would have had to become circumcised, right? If he had had to adopt the laws of Moses by the end of the conversation, what we would have seen is that all of the all the work that Paul would have done would have been done in vain. 
And so let's see here to see what, 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 what the results of the conversation was. And with me being a Greek was compelled to be circumcised. But that issue was because of those false brethren, which we mentioned, right? These, these were those who had come in, come, in to, come in to try to preach that the liberty that Paul and his companions had in Christ, Paul and the liberty that Paul had in Christ, that what they were preaching was false. And who sneaked in to spy out our liberty, that is the freedom that in the grace that God has given them to be free in Christ apart from works and apart from the law. So that they might enslave us, right, to whom we yielded in subjection, not even for an hour, so that the truth of the good news might continue. You can keep going with you. But from those who were reputed to be something, what kind they were formerly? It makes no difference to me. God does not accept the personage for man. For those who were of repute added nothing to me. But to the contrary, when they saw I was entrusted with the good news for men of circumcision. As Peter for men of uncircumcision. All right, so we got to do some work a little bit. Um, so like I said, taking, taking Titus, right, who was a Gentile Christian, uh, was a huge statement. This was the gospel that Paul was trying to demonstrate to everybody. And he was not ashamed of that gospel, right? He believed in it so much that he was not ashamed to be seen with someone who was not of the Jewish religion. And so takes Titus, who was a Gentile convert, whom the Judaizers took issue with, right? And Paul, and, but, and he also takes, we see here, like I said, he took Barnabas with him. Now, Barnabas was a Jew, and he was respected among the Jerusalem council. And so these two men are on total opposite sides of the spectrum, right? One of the circumcision party and one, one of them being a Gentile Christian, right? But what we see is that Paul took a risk. He took a risk. And because Titus, technically according to the law, would have been ceremonial, unclean, Therefore, Jews were forbidden to, to, be, to, be, to be around Gentiles. Paul is demonstrating his beliefs by bringing both of them, establishing the truth of the gospel. He is completely unashamed to be seen in front of all the Jewish leaders, Christians, with the Gentile convert. Um, this is a gospel that we see stated in Galatians 3.28, that there is neither Jew nor Greek, Slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. The truth of the gospel, this is the truth and the truth of the gospel that had to be maintained. Now the presentation unto the apostles, like I said, it was not Paul's original intent for going. But rather he took, like I said, he took the opportunity to meet privately with them and present the gospel in which he preached to the Gentiles. And after, we see after um, this meeting takes place and Paul has submitted um, his gospel unto the church leadership, um, he does it privately. He did not make this a public spectacle, but he did it privately. This was to protect the integrity of the apostolic circle 
as you know, there were claims being made that there were different gospels. There were different gospels being um, given out, right? That was going out. Now, if I would assume that if it had been done publicly, right, and and these guys, these are, you know, esteemed leaders. If we're all here having a conversation about um, different gospels and one argument, one guy argues this way. I don't know if you guys watch politics, but um, when you see <laughs> Donald Trump and Joe Biden, right? And then by the end of an argument, everybody's trying to dissect who's lying and who's right. <laughs> so different stories. Fox might tell a different story. CNN might tell a different story, right? And see, so we see that. So what, what could have happened, I'd say, is that people could have dissected their argument and picked up and, and tried to claim, well, this is why this one is right. Well, this is why this one is right. Right. And then what it further caused more division amongst the body of Christ. And so this was wise to pull them in privately. Right. Although, like I said, it wasn't his original tent intent he believed fully in what he was preaching but he took the opportunity to show and to show the Galatian church that they were all on one accord um remember he had been preaching like I said for 14 years um and to make his presentation to the gospel about the uncircumcised un, what God had called him to preach to the uncircumcised um, the uncircumcised party. Dang, I can't talk today. Uh, <laughs> what he had called to preach to them. I, I want to also add that this is important simply because um, those leaders may not have known what he's preaching everywhere. Right. And so I, I would imagine also that they were like, hey, you know, like, you know, you guys got a lot of freedom, man. You, you guys aren't keeping the law. You know, you, you're not telling them to get circumcised. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all are chilling. Right. So it's like y'all ain't got we over here doing all these works. We over here, um, you know, observing holy days. And, you know, what I'm saying I'm going to church Monday through Sunday. You know, what I'm saying I got Bible study Wednesday. I, I pray at, from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Like we, we are over here working. And so I would imagine they're like, you know, um, like so. So so some of these guys think that you guys aren't doing enough work. And so Paul, Paul takes the opportunity to say, yo, it's not that we're not doing the work, but we're free in Christ Jesus. Right. Is that I, we can all have faith and we can all believe and rest in the work that Christ Jesus has already done. This is the truth of the gospel. Right. It is not man's effort. It is God's effort. Right. Um. By works, what we have done, we are sinful by nature. Like we, we don't even know how to do what's right. We need God, right? It takes, God has to lead us and guide us. Um, Proverbs talks about the steps of a good man are ordered by who? The Lord. And so we, it takes God to show us what to do what's right. All right, so let's, 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 let's keep going. Now, if Paul is preaching a false gospel then that would mean the circumcision party would have won, right? That means that we all here um, would have still been having to adopt all of these laws. Like y'all, y'all, y'all would have been working your way into heaven. All of you guys, you all, we would have been working our way into heaven, um, and then we would have all have to been circumcised. I'm not gonna go into that. 
<laughs> and, um, um, and so, and Paul would have been accused when he talks about his work being in vain. He would have been accused of preaching a false gospel. And not only so, the other result would have been Titus would have had to been circumcised. And the message of grace would have no longer included um, Gentiles, that's me and you. Um, but the results of the meaning we saw, um, can you go back to Peter for a minute first? Was also in James C. Yeah, can you go back to the last slide? Uh, one more. Go back. One more. My bad. All right. So we see that, and I wouldn't according to the regulation, but not even what? Titus was what? Go, go to the next one. I'm sorry. <laughs> Verse 3. But not even Titus with me being a Greek, right? Gentile convert. Uh, was compelled to be circumcised. In other words, with me being, was compelled to be circumcised, yeah. And so, um, go to the next one, I'm sorry. I messed that totally up. Y'all gonna bear with me today. Uh, <laughs> but, I, from those who were reputed, one. All right, so verse six, he's talking about those who were reputed to be something, um, what kind of, they were formerly. It makes no difference to me. God does not accept the person's personage. For those who were reputed added nothing to me. But to the contrary, when they saw I was entrusted with the good news for men of circumcision. So he says later, oh, there it is, verse 9, that these men who he was speaking to, um, James, Peter, and John, those are the they, those three are part of the original 12 disciples. Um, they made eyewitness accounts of Jesus. And so um, the gospel that Paul preached um, earned respect among these leaders. In other words, he finds out that the gospel that he's preaching is not actually a false gospel. But it is actually true that we have Christian liberty and that we have freedom in Christ. Um, I got to keep going. So we see, although they were pressured by the Judaizers, and we see that this false gospel, um, Paul has been confronting and trying to get through to the Gentile church. Um, we see that Paul um, and his companions, they didn't back down from what they knew to be the truth of the gospel. But in verse 6, we see that um, the apostles fully accepted Paul's gospel without making any modifications to it. So what that means is that they didn't add anything to what he preached. Right? They didn't add anything to the gospel of grace. They didn't add anything that faith in Jesus Christ justifies us and freely um, allows us to be a part of the kingdom of God. They didn't add anything to that. This is the gospel that he had been preaching for 14 years to the Gentiles. As we stated earlier, Paul is convinced 
in the revelation that God gave him. And in addition, they recognized and came to the conclusion that the mission to spread the gospel was the same. But they were called, um, did you, next slide. They were called to do two different groups of people. Um, Peter to preach to the circumcised and that Paul was given the grace to preach to the the uncircumcised. Let's keep going. In other words, they carried the same message, but they had different responsibilities and who they were called to serve. Um, There was no division, but unity amongst the apostolic circle. Um, This meeting, like I said, also um, also gave more context to the message that um, Paul had preached. And we see in verse 7, therefore God could trust Paul to preach unto the Gentiles. The apostles trusted that he was sent unto the Gentiles, and they approved that he was entrusted with the gospel message unto the Gentiles, just as Peter had been sent unto the Jews. That's verse 7. Um, while we may, verse 8, can you go to verse 8? For he who was working in Peter for the apostleship for men of circumcision was also working in me for the Gentiles. What is he saying? For he who was working in Peter, the same God who was working in Peter was working in Paul. Right. And so I take this say while we may be obedient And have the responsibility of carrying the message of the gospel. It is God who is doing the work. Right. We must be careful not to behave as if um, it is us who is doing the work. It is it is. But we must be careful to always give God glory simply because we wouldn't be where we are without God. Um, The ability Paul had to minister the gospel does not rest in his position. Um, It doesn't rest in his economic status or artistic ability. Um, The power to change the hearts of men and women is in the hands of God. Um, There was only one God that was at work in both of their lives, and he is leading them to preach the gospel of of faith and grace through Jesus Christ to all men and women. Um, Now, in verses 9 and 10, we see that this is added approval. And James and Cephas and John, those who were pillars, James, Cephas, and John, Cephas being Peter, who was part, they were, all three were part of the original 12. Um, when they understood the grace that was given to me, they gave to me and Barnabas the, can you go to the next slide, right hand of fellowship so that we were for the Gentiles and they were for the circumcision. Um, these are three of the most influ- influential men. And Paul is showing that these three men approved of his gospel to the point where they gave him the right hand of fellowship. This is their seal of approval demonstrating that he had been included into the group and 
into the group and the opportunity to go unto the Gentiles, um, to the uncircumcised party, preaching the truth of the gospel. There was no division. You know, there was arguments, like I said, being made between the different gospels that were being preached amongst the apostles, um, amongst Peter, um, amongst Paul. But this shows that there was no division between the apostles and Paul. Um, this proves that the message that the Judaizers were bringing against the church, Gentile church was completely false. Um, right. And and Paul. Remember, he says, I received a revelation from Jesus Christ. This was 14 years since his conversion. Right. And he hadn't been like I said, he hadn't been traveling to and fro. Um, from to to Jerusalem, but this is still the same revelation that Jesus Christ had given him. This is just extra confirmation. He's not seeking their approval, but this is just confirmation that it was Jesus Christ that was leading him to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Um, Paul, in addition. Paul was not preaching his own subjective theology, meaning his gospel was not his personal opinion. It fell in line with those who had the eyewitness account of the apostles, those who had walked with Jesus. Um, but in, in verse 10, we see that the only request, the only thing that they asked of him uh, was made to uh, remember the poor. Now, some theologians say that the poor was an ancient nickname for the Jewish believers of the Jerusalem church um, found in Romans chapter 15, verses 26 through 27. Um, Paul was already Paul states that he was already eager to do that. Um, so let's go to verses um, 11 through 13. So we see here that um, Paul, he has proved that the gospel that he's preached, right, He's very confident. He's brought Titus. He's brought um, he's brought Barnabas with him. he's brought Barnabas with him, showing that there is no difference between them and that they are all one in Christ Jesus. But here's the thing. After that, its truth has been established right after they have already um, proved that he was not preaching a false gospel, that the gospel that he preached was not different um, from the apostles. Um, the apostles gave him the right hand of fellowship, meaning they gave them their approval. That truth has to be maintained. Right. That truth has to be maintained. Um, I don't know what you all uh, will go through in your life. Um, life situations happen. Different circumstances happen, um, whether it's life bills, your financial status, um, sicknesses, death. Um, we've seen different tragedies. Um, but the truth has to be maintained, right? And that is that Christ Jesus, right, saved us from all of our sins, and we can place our faith and hope in Christ Jesus. We can pray, we can place our trust in the finished work that Christ has done. Everything we need to inherit salvation in this life and the next. And so, despite what you have to suffer, despite what you have to go through. Um, despite what people may think or say about you, you are Christ Jesus. 
Um, you belong to God. You are God's handiwork. And God has given you everything that you need. Right. And we just have to rest in his finished work. Right. We just got to believe that God has done everything we need in order for us to survive in this life and the next. So I want to say that in maintaining the truth, you're going to face opposition. You're going to face hard time. You're going to face difficult circumstances. You're going to face things in your life that you're just like, God, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Right. I don't know what's going to be next for me. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this situation. But I'm telling you that you can trust in God, telling you that you can have faith and know that God can work everything out for your good. This truth, it has to be maintained. And so Paul is so adamant that we're going to see in verse 11 that he doesn't care who it is. Right. That is coming against this truth of our freedom in Christ. Doesn't care who it is. Um, let's let's look at verse. Let's go to le- verses 11 through 13. Um, we see. But when Peter, um, Peter came to Antioch, what does he say? I opposed him to his face because he was blameworthy. What did he do for before certain men came from James? He ate together with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, um, fearing men of circumcision. All right. And other Jews also joined in his hypocrisy with him so that even Barnabas, you all know who Barnabas is. This was Paul's missionary friend. Um, We see them working together. I believe it's Acts 14 and 15. Um, going on their missionary journeys and preaching the gospel, and God had been using them mightily. Um, this is a trusted companion. He went along with his what hypocrisy. That's a strong. That's a strong word. His hypocrisy. Um, and so, what we see in this situation is, um, let's deal with Peter. Um, Peter also knew that Gentile Christians um, did not have to um, con- un- come under the law of Moses or become circumcised in order to be saved. But there was supernatural demonstration that even he witnessed um, on the Gentiles apart from being circumcised. In Acts 10 verses 44 and 88, um, he saw God using um, the Gentiles and the Holy Spirit um, saving them, right? So, so he's been not only given confirmation and um, confirmation through the work of Paul, but God revealed it to Peter himself, right? Um, and so w- w- the, at the heart of the matter, what we see is um, him going back on what he knew to be true. Um, when a Jew refused to eat with the Gentile, he did this in obedience to Jewish rituals. Peter knew that none of this meant anything in regards to the gospel of grace. Jews and Gentiles alike regularly ate together to show um, they shared common faith, right? But for some reason, when the circumcision party showed up, right, those who were of the law of Moses, those who carried tradition, uh, rituals, and um, other obligations to show um, that they were dedicated to Jewish customs and, and those who 
still believed that in order to be saved, that you had to um, be circumcised. When those men showed up, um, Peter acted like <laughs> he wasn't living free. Like Peter acted like there wasn't just liberty in Christ. Like he acted like that it was true that Gentiles were unclean, right? But he uses liberty. Paul says he uses liberty when those men aren't around. But he behaves as if he follow. But now he is behaving as if he follows all of the Jewish customs when legalistic Jews show up. Now, the result of that, right, he has great influence. Like I said, this is, this is Peter who had been with Jesus, right? This is Peter who had eyewitness accounts of all of the miracles that Jesus worked, right? And so what we see here is that Peter has a lot of influence. And so Paul has to oppose him publicly because his demonstrations were public, Right. This isn't just him stepping away from an everyday average meal. This is to say that, no, Gentiles really do have to observe the laws of Moses. Like they do have to. They, they are ceremonial unclean. And so it, it, it causes um, such a disruption and his influence caused the Jews of the circumcision party um, and even Barnabas and other Jews, Bible says, to turn away from the gospel. And Barnabas was Paul's trusted friend, like I said, who had traveled with him, assisting him regularly in the gospel. Even he turned away. Um, this, caused, this caused Paul to confront him publicly because his hypocrisy compromised the truth of the gospel. Paul had no ulterior motives behind his rebuke. Um, he was not seeking approval from anyone. He was not jealous or envious. We'll find it. You'll see in Galatians chapter one, um, it was talked about that he was very zealous for the law. Um, Paul already had position and ranking. Um, and so he, he isn't seeking for approval here. Um, he isn't jealous of Peter's status, but rather his actions demonstrated as he stated that Peter was not falling in line with the truth of the gospel. He has to maintain the truth regardless um, of who it is. And he does this by, number one, pointing out that Peter was being hypocritical because he regularly lives, fellowships, enjoy the lifestyle of freely uh, being in Christ with the Gentiles. So he's regularly hanging out with them. Um, regularly sharing meals with them. But for some reason, under the oppression, under the under the pressure of this party, um, Paul, I mean, Peter feels the need to, to step away. And so Paul saw this issue clearly. This was not just a matter. John Stott says a matter of circumcision versus uncircumcision, but Christian freedom versus bondage of Jewish customs. It was a matter of basic importance regarding the truth of the gospel, namely of Christian freedom versus bondage. Um, we have been set free. Romans 8 and 2 talks about we've been set free from the law and made free and made free in the sense that 
Our acceptance before God depends entirely on God's grace and in the death of Jesus Christ. And so what we see here is that Paul is, is fighting to maintain the truth of the gospel. Paul believed in the gospel of grace by faith in Jesus Christ so much that he was willing um, to risk his reputation, his position as an apostle, in order to stand up against one of the original twelves. Um, this is why Paul was entrusted with the gospel. He fully trusted God despite the circumstances to save those who God called him to serve. And he defended this gospel with his life. He also affirms that the gospel that he preaches, that he is not preaching to please man. Had he been doing that, I don't think he would have ever confronted Peter. But he is preaching, as he states, to serve Christ. Um, that is all I have for y'all today. <laughs> so, so I want to pray, and um, uh, this has been an awesome series um, on Galatians, learning about the freedom that we have in Christ, um, learning more about the gospel, and I'm praying that as y'all, um, you know, continue to go through the Galatians, that you'll understand that it is not by any works that we do that we're saved. God has done all the work that we need in order to inherit salvation. Um, and so, please, think about this. Um, look over your life to say, hey, I am God's child, right? I, I belong to God. I have everything that I need. God has delivered us from the works of the law, right? He's, he's delivered us. And so we can freely operate in the grace and liberty that God has given us. All right, I'll pray. And then um, I'll have praise team to come up. God, we want to thank you today for um, all that you've done. Um, thank you, God, today for your word and the work that you've done in Christ Jesus and every single person here. Um, we thank you for your saving power and your grace um, and your mercy and your faithfulness. Um, God, all that we have today is because of you. You provided everything we need. And so we're so grateful. And so, um, God, we're asking, God, that you would continually touch every person here, um, whether they need healing, whether they need deliverance, um, whatever it is, God, we know that you can provide. Um, you're more than capable, God. You are more than enough. And so today, God, we're asking that you would be with us, leave, live in us, lead us, and guide us. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen.